Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Come in. I'm going to give away the key to revival, and I want to make sure that they get in. Amen. Turn into your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. A man named Stuart Butterfield, he developed a video game, Game Never Ending. The problem was the game was a complete flop. No one wanted to buy it. But in developing the video game, part of it was this game allowed players to share objects with each other. So... He saw that the game was not going to work, but he said that interface, we could use that to exchange photos. So he then pivoted. That means he turned and went in a different direction. And instead of a video game, he used that technology for a photo sharing app called Flickr. Flickr was so successful, one year after starting the company, he sold it to Yahoo for $35 million. So think about if Stewart had said, no, I want the video game to work. He'd be a very frustrated man. But a very important principle in life is you have to have the ability mentally, emotionally, and of course, spiritually, to pivot. We're going to read about a man named Abraham. God shows him his will, tells him to go to a place to sacrifice his son, and he heads in that direction in obedience, but then God says, pivot, do something different. And it is that ability to pivot led him into the blessing of God. I want to preach a message I've entitled simply The Pivot. We're going to look at that principle. Genesis 22, starting at verse 9. They came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. He bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But... The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and behind him. There behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, or the Lord will provide, as it is said this day, to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The pivot 
I want to begin, let's talk about the path of blessing. We have to lay a foundation before we get to the pivot. So let's begin with the path of blessing. In our text, very simply, God has a place of blessing in serving him. Verse 2, go to the land of Moriah. God has a place for you in his will. That may be a literal place. You've heard it said many times before. The will of God has an address. There is a place. That may be the place you were saved. That is a place. That may be the place of ministry where you wound up over time. That may be the place that God told you to go Previously, God spoke to me once very clearly that he wanted us to go to South Africa. So, a literal place. God's place may be a ministry you're involved in. The church is called the body of Christ. That means that there are many different ministries. There are many different functions uh, that uh, we can be involved in. God has something to do with that. He gives some people talents and abilities. They are well suited for the ministry that they're involved in. Others, it's not a talent issue. It is an opportunity. For another, it is simply a need. That is God's place. Your place is a ministry. And then for some, God's place may be a life calling. God may reveal his plans for our life to preach the gospel. That is not true for everyone, but some, that is what God does. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Paul says in Colossians 1, I am an apostle by the will of God. That is a life purpose. This is not just something you're going to do for a few months or even for a few years. The entire course of my life was altered. I had no intention of ever being a, a, a pastor. I, I violently rejected that idea. But in a men's discipleship class in Perth, West Australia, God spoke to me. My father was doing a class on how to put together sermons. That has nothing to do with me because I will never be a preacher. But in the middle of that class, God spoke and said, that's what I want you to do. And from that time, the course of my life was aimed at preaching the gospel. So a place, we see that in our text. We see that getting to the place of blessing, God has a path. So there is a place of blessing, but in order to get there, there is always a path. Verse 2, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. It is on that mountain there God is going to reveal his will, but there was a path. And getting to that place, that path had three parts in our text. Number one, the ability to hear the voice of God. This is this is so crucial in serving God. Verse 1, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. All of God's will has to be heard. God may have plans, but unless you can hear them, 
God's plans have no hope of ever coming to pass. But hearing is a heart issue. The Bible says, he that has ears to hear, not everyone can hear God's voice, but that depends on what's inside of us. And that also is a training issue. You, you have to learn to hear God's voice. You have to learn to hear what is and what is not. It was Samuel when he's a boy. He had heard a voice calling, not knowing that that was God. That is a crucial thing you have to learn. So the path to get to the place, you have to learn to hear the voice of God. Then we read in the text, God's path involves practical common sense steps. How many of you know common sense is one of the greatest senses you have some of you cannot smell very good. That's okay. Common sense is what you should pray for. <laughs> because it's more rare than you realize. You know, some people, they're only spiritual. I just depend on the spirit to work. Yeah. I'm all for the Holy Spirit, but there are some practical steps. There, there are men here. I, I want God to use my life in preaching. I want my preaching to touch people's lives. Bro, you got to work at it. You, you can't start working on your sermon Wednesday at 4 p.m. That's just not going to work. You ha that, that's common sense. I want to get people saved. But you have to evangelize. I did a revival for a guy. It did not go well. And there's no visitor. Someone's getting saved. And, and, and then he said to me, I was really hoping for more. And so I began to ask, like, did you do any outreach for this revival? No. I came from, I was living in a place where it was stinking cold and rainy all the time. Here is tropics. It's beautiful. I'm like, look at that park. See all those people. Have you ever done outreach there? No. Look at the beach. See all the people on the beach? Have you ever street preached there? You ever? No. How did you think that people were going to come? That, that's the, the Holy Spirit. In our text, Abraham took some practical, common sense steps on the path of blessing. Verse 4, he split the wood for the burnt offering, arose, and went to the place that God told him. Verse 9, he built an altar and there placed the wood in order. So, God says, I want you to sacrifice. Sacrifice meant burnt offering. You need fire. This is not relying on the Holy Spirit. We need wood. <laughs> Write it down. Okay. Planning is one of the powerful keys of success. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. That means organizing your time, having a strategy, using resources for an independent goal. Let me give you a powerful tip straight from the throne of God. If you want your outreach or revival to go well, picking up your flyers the morning of the event is not going to work. God's not moving because there's not a single sinner in your city who know, even knew that the event was going on.
That's practical. Finally, obedience. Here's the third step in the path to get to the place of blessing. Everything hinges on obedience. John 2, whatever he tells you to do, do it. If you won't do what God tells you to do, he's not going to help you. If you won't do the thing that God tells you to do, he's not going to tell you anything else. And our text tells us something powerful. And I want you to catch this before we get to the pivot. I'm, I'm leading up to the pivot in a moment. Sometimes obedience, it's just a test. Do this. Why? The only reason you're supposed to do it, it's a test. God is testing your heart. Verse 1, after these things, God tested Abraham saying, Abraham, and he said, here I am. When God tells you to do something, there is more at stake than anything that is accomplished by the step of obedience. If he tells you to witness, if he tells you to pray, if he tells you to give, all of those will do some good, but in actual fact, it is far more important than how many got saved or what you were able to achieve with that. It is whether God can trust you with more. It is whether God can do something greater. I was a young pastor. I was invited to preach in the Tucson conference. Believe me, this was not my preaching ability. I was young. I think Pastor Warner was hoping because I was young, I would stir young people. That's fine. It was a very exciting, great opportunity. In prayer, God told me to pray for Pastor Warner for healing. If you don't know, Pastor Harold Warner is paralyzed from the waist down. I want to tell you, I was not excited about that. Okay, I'll, I'll do that like in a back room. And no, publicly. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I'm young. What right do I have to? But I had made a deal with God early in my salvation and ministry. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. And God said, pray for him. So I did. I preached, and I'm telling you, I was terrified. I said, Pastor Warner, God told me to pray for you. I laid hands on him and prayed for healing. And as you know, nothing happened. But you know, our text says, that wasn't for Brother Warner. That was for me. It was a test. Because there were other things in the place of blessing on down the road that God had. He wanted to know, will I obey? That's true for you. Okay, having laid that foundation, now let's talk about the pivot. If you're an alliterator, we had the place, the path, and now we have the pivot. I'm very impressed with that. I'd, I'd hardly ever do that, but anyway. Okay, this is what I actually want you to think about. Sometimes what you intend to do, sometimes even what you heard from God to do, is not what you do. So we make decisions when God speaks. If, if you, that, I, that's why I started with, you got to hear from God. God speaks, offer Isaac. So now he is making decisions, practical steps. He is acting on what God told him because God said, you are supposed to offer up your son. 
This is what we do. Sometimes we make decisions based on opportunity. There is an opportunity. that Would you be willing to step into that? There is a need. We have a need here. And so you say, okay, I'm going to act on opportunity or need. Sometimes it is in, in church planting research. As, as pastor, I've looked at this area, demographics, different factors here. I think it could work well. Fine. We'll announce you. We'll go there because you've done some common sense research. You do that. This is what you intend. This is true in every area of life. You have an aim, and part of that is common sense. My job, you know, sometimes the leader of the fellowship. Let me tell you what that really means. People shovel stuff uphill, and it finally lands on my desk, okay? That's what it really means. And so I, I, have, I have to have a lot of, you know, in time, I have to have conflict meetings. I got to meet with people, and these are difficult conversations. So in that, I don't just roll up to a conflict meeting like, what are we going to talk about? I plan, okay? What were the issues? How did this start? And I plan, and I map it out. Okay, that's, that's the common sense part. But the reality that we see in the text is... Hearing from God, common sense, but the reality is sometimes things change. Verse 12, and God said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to do that. Wait, wait, wait. you told me to do, yes, I planned to, yes, and now I don't want you to do it. That is what we call the pivot. You have to turn. Sometimes that circumstances. Circumstances make it impossible at that moment to do what you intended. Think about the Apostle Paul. He's had a powerful conversion experience. He's in Damascus doing what God told him to do. You're going to be a witness. So he is witnessing and testifying. And then they hear of a plot. They are going to kill you. Men are banded together to kill you. And so you're going to have to go preach somewhere else. No, God told me, well, then you'd be dead and we wouldn't have much of the New Testament. <laughs> you really did hear from God. Yes, you made some common sense steps. Yes, but that's not what God wants you to do now. This happens in workers. We've had workers that we stood them maybe on this platform. We're going to send them to this place. Praise God. We invested money. We sent them there. And then there was a change in government policy. There was a change in governments completely. And so they have to leave. No. We were announced here. Then die. Go ahead. <laughs> Sickness. There are people. I am going to do the will of God in that place. Yes, they were announced, and then someone got sick, and they couldn't go. We've had workers. They were on the field, and sickness struck, and they had to come home. So you have to face this. Sometimes the will of God involves a pivot. You have to shift. 
In fact, sometimes God will ask things of you, and from the very beginning, he intends for you to change. In actual fact, he never wanted Isaac to be sacrificed. He told Abraham that, but God knew from the beginning when you head in that direction, my will is that you're going to have to change. Verse 12, do not lay your hand on the ladder, do anything. Now I know you fear God since you haven't withheld your son, your only son from, uh, from me. Listen, everywhere my wife and I have gone, there's not one time that we have gone to pioneer or take a church where we said, you know, we're only going to be here a couple of years. Honestly, everywhere we have gone in our hearts, we said we'll be here forever. But that's not what happened. Let me tell you about the Greg and Lisa Mitchell ministry path. Okay. 18 months, one year, two, 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 two. Then finally, we got some longevity, seven and a half and now this November 18. Okay, so we just got here, but I want you to do something else. That is the will of God. Sometimes common sense will tell you you need to pivot or make a change. If you're outreaching the same exact area with the same exact strategy, and you're never getting any results, maybe you should do something different. I'm just suggesting maybe your country western band in the middle of the hood. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, I like that band. Common sense. Pivot. Pastors, you have to learn this. You have to learn. There are so many areas you have to learn to pivot in life. Conflict resolution, counseling. I'm going to tell you something. I am not willing to counsel people for hours on end. I'm not going to do it. Listen, you came in frustrated and bitter. If you're not going to do what I say, you don't listen to anything. You just, you're not going to make me frustrated and bitter. <laughs> there, there comes a time it's like, you know what? This isn't working. Nope, not doing it. We're going to go a new direction. You come back when you're ready to change. If you don't pivot, you'll be frustrated and you can actually do damage. So think about practically what does pivoting or shifting in a new direction look like? That means, number one, you have to stop what you're currently doing. Verse 12, do not lay your hand on the boy. He's got the knife. Stop. Every pivot in life involves stop. Okay, you're heading that, but, but God told me, stop. Yes, I know that. Whatever it might be, you have to make a, a change. So you're going to have to stop. This is true. Listen, this is so practical in life. I, I counsel people that they're afraid. Yeah, yeah, you know, I get so mad. I respond with cutting remarks. How's that working for you? Right? How many years you've been fighting over the same dumb things? 
Okay, I got it straight from the throne of heaven. Stop. That was powerful, wasn't it? It's not working. Number two, you have to change direction to do something different. Verse 13, then Abraham looked and behind him, there was a ram caught in a thicket by his horn. So he went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. So pivoting is two part. Stop. And then you have to do something different. That may be that you have to speak differently. That would be true in conflicts, marriages. You might have to use a different strategy. As I said, maybe the strategy you have right now just doesn't make sense for where you're at. Sometimes you have to go to a different place. Okay, and that I'm entering into deep waters, but sometimes... Don't keep beating your head against the wall. Maybe you should shift somewhere else. If you think about it, redirection for pastors is a form of pivoting, right? There are pastors, they've been there. Noah got off the boat and you've been there ever since. And it's, you're struggling. It's not healthy. God told me, okay, but it's, listen, this is not going to work out well for you. Why don't you pivot? Why don't you come home, get refreshed, maybe work out, learn some things, and then go out again? But there are guys that they, they can't. It's fascinating to me. There are people that redirection does their head in because God told me to come. Yeah, just like he told Abraham. We were announced. Yes, that's true, but now you need to pivot. And if you don't have the ability to pivot, or if you can't have a file in your mind that allows for the possibility of pivoting to process some of the things that have happened, yes, you meant to go there, and yes, you were announced there, and yes, that's what you want to do. If you don't have a file that allows you to pivot, then what you're going to do is you're going to be bitter the rest of your life. Yeah, I heard from God, but pastor said. That doesn't make sense. Let's talk about successful pivots. What is it that enables people to pivot successfully? Now, please, I know that there are people, they are, they're just unstable. Right? They're like, they're like little kids in Little League. <laughs> right? You ever, see, you ever see kids that are supposed to be playing baseball? Like, Look at all the pretty butterflies. Like, I, I, I know that. There are people like, pivot, they're like whirling derby, like woohoo, all the time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just steady down. I, I get that. I know. So it's not just changing for change's sake. Okay? It's not changing every other day like your underwear no that is uh, <laughs> successful pivot what does it involve you got to have humility pivoting is actually a heart and a character issue some people do not have the ability to pivot in life just because of pride I, but i said i was going to 
So I can't change now, then die. I, I know, that's Abraham. Look, we're gone. There are some people like, but, but, but what if people ask, what about that other thing? So they, No, no, I, I am sticking with it because other people might ask me, what about that other thing that you said or you planned? It's pride. Some people mask their pride by saying, brother, winners never quit. But the Bible says fools keep going. <laughs> right? God told me, brother. Yeah, but now he's saying something different. Humility. Isn't that a fascinating word? Have you ever tried to be humble? <laughs> what was it like a face? Humility or, or people that, you know, they get up to sing like, I don't know why they asked me. Then sit down. We'll get somebody else. That's, that's not humility. Humility simply means honest assessment. That's all it means. You're just facing the truth. Sometimes you face the truth. It would not be wise to keep going the same way. So we'll stop. We'll do something different. Proverbs 29, 23, pride will ruin people, but those who are humble will be honored. Again, humble, those who have an honest assessment. This isn't working. I can't do this forever in the same way. I need to stop and shift. That's humility. Number two, you have to have a hunger for wisdom. I want you to notice Abraham did not pivot based because he's flighty, emotionally like, <laughs> I know we'll do something different. He heard from God. His pivot, his change of direction was based on God's word and God's wisdom. Listen, you, you hear me say this. I repeat it over and over again. Two foundations of my life. Number one, my heavenly father loves me very much. Foundation number two, God is smarter than I am. If I hear the voice of God and he says, go in a different direction, well then by golly, he knows something I don't know. That's, that's practical, isn't it? Verse 12 and 13, Abraham, God said, don't kill your son. Then he lifted up his eyes and behind him there was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. You, you don't have to kill your son. You didn't see that ram, but I provided him. That's the wisdom of God. The problem is we are not born wise. There's nobody, you know, you can be born with a, you can be born smart, not wise. That's, those are two different things. You have to gain wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the most important thing. So get wisdom. If it costs everything you have, get understanding. It's fascinating when I, when I talk to pastors, I talk to people about this principle. We need to pivot. Sometimes God will have you go in a different direction. This is an honest question. It's a great question. Okay, okay, pastor, but 
Okay, the idea comes, maybe we should change. How do you know if it's God or the devil? That's, that's a very good question, right? Because they're, they're concerned. But like, what if the devil says, pivot? <laughs> All right. So how do you know, Pastor Greg? And I give them this incredibly deep and powerful, wise answer. I say, I don't. So that is why if you were near, if you had been near me in the prayer room, you would have heard me. My number one prayer, not only do I start with every day, I pray it more than anything else is God, give me wisdom. God, please show me your will. Help me to know the difference. First Kings three, nine, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. If you will make wisdom a priority, God gives wisdom. He's the source. If you will ask, and listen, this is not after you pack the U-Haul and you already quit your job and they say, oh, by the way, God, is this your will? No, that's not fair. I'm talking about wisdom as a life quest. You make that a part of your being. You seek it in prayer and, and in God's word. God will give wisdom. Another very simple thing is if you don't know whether this is God or the devil, ask for advice. Ask for an outside perspective. You know, when you see your pastor and you say, hi, Pastor Campbell. Some of you saw me, hi, Pastor Greg. It's not a title. It's not like, if you don't, do you know who I call me? <laughs> I was going for his holiness, but I guess I'll accept. <laughs> pastor. <laughs> no, no, no. What you're saying is, shepherd it's not a title it's a function guidance that's what you're really saying is you i get guidance through you the problem is some people don't ask questions i told you that i've been in prescott now for almost 18 years i have people that in the last almost 18 years have never asked a single question some of you you would you would like wow I, if i could ask pastor greg i have people that i see them every service and they never ask a thing imagine that under my superior ministry <laughs> that is a joke and just in case I'm going to pull that clip and put it on the internet. <laughs> Close to this thought. God blesses people who can pivot. The book of Acts. Paul pivoted from Jews to Gentiles. That's why we're saved today. No, it's Jews only. I'm getting Jews saved. Then we wouldn't be saved today. Right? I can tell you this, this that I'm preaching you is not, it's not a theory. I didn't get this from a book. I've seen this work out in my life. There are so many situations I could tell you my ability to p 
pivot has helped. I've been counseling. As I say, I, I plot and think through logically how the conversation should go. But there are times, all right, I'm ready to do. In the middle, I just will feel and I'll pivot. I've had other men involved in conflict. They know what my intention was. In the middle, I'll, they say, you change. I, I did. I felt a better plan would be to go this way. And I'm, I've seen some people get healed powerfully because I pivoted. I didn't insist because of pride. Praying for the sick. This sermon actually came out of praying for the sick. Listen, every pastor, every evangelist, if you're going to pray for the sick, you must be able to pivot. Let me tell you what happens. In Prescott, we get visiting speaker comes out, and he said, if there's anybody here that needs healing, 400 people, a herd comes. And I go, uh-oh. He's, he's done. This isn't going to go well. And, and then what happens is, brother, I'm going to pray for you. And, and I know every pastor and evangelist since Noah got off the boat has prayed for this guy. He never gets healed. And he, he prays like 29 times for this guy. He doesn't have the ability. Listen, if it's not working, pivot. You got to have a plan. What? I'm going to pray for the sick. People, gonna get, But what if it's not going well? Shift. If you don't have that ability, you're never going to pray for the sick successfully. Ministry. There are times in my life. I, I first was pioneering. I told you when I went out to the ministry, 18 months it was going well. We loved it. I intended on being there the rest of my life. I just started feeling uneasy. It's like, I feel this is weird. I, I didn't, had no experience to know what was. Finally, I called my pastor. I said, I don't know what's going on, but I almost feel like I'm not supposed to be here. And he said, I've been praying for three months for you to call. We have a need. I need you to go to another city. Pivot. I was announced in the Prescott Conference one time to go to Sydney, Australia to pioneer. We announced it, but then a need came up in a church that I used to pastor in Footscray, in the city of Melbourne. We pivoted, but we announced, yeah, but we have a need. I pivoted. That was a great blessing in ministry. I arrived there, and just three months after arriving, one night in my office, God spoke the clearest he has ever spoken in my life. I want you to go to South Africa. Like, well, we just got here. But that was God's will. Now, that took some time, but that absolutely transformed my life going to South Africa. But then when I went to South Africa, where I went to look quickly, picked an area, that's where we're going to go. We announced it. We're going to go to Alberton, went to Alberton, can't find housing anywhere close, and they won't let you rent halls. So I'm like, but we picked this place. So I went up the road, and we started near my house, and it didn't go well. It was not going well. And I said, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't where God wants me to be. Everywhere we witness, people, where are you from? Eldorado Park, Eldorado Park, Eldorado Park. Finally, I met a man at Eldorado Park. Invited him, had him over for dinner. I said, hey, would any of your friends like to come? 
to my house, which number one, he called his friends. He goes, you're not going to believe it. A white guy wants us to come over to his house. <laughs> I had 29 people in, of his friends in my house. And out of that, there are people pastoring today. I got saved in my living room. Thank God. But that was a pivot. We're, we're, we started here. But I shifted to Eldorado Park, an incredible blessing, conference center there. Finally, we were in South Africa for seven and a half years. And once again, I felt that unsettling, I think I'm not supposed to be here anymore. And out of it, too long of a story, it was complicated. But nonetheless, it was when I told my father that, it was out of it, he told me, what God had been dealing with him about was that I was supposed to take the Prescott Church. So my point is, all my life, I have lived out what I just preached to you. I heard from God, common sense, I'm on the path, but if God says pivot, I pivot. That is what Abraham did. He learned a powerful lesson about God. Some of you here, you need that ability in life. If it's not going well, maybe that's a sign you should pivot. If you hear the voice of God, if you learn that, well, that's sometimes a gentle nudge and need many different ways. If you will pivot, God will lead you into his will. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.